ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Daily Dimensions Podcast. As always, I am your host, Smitty, back with another one, man. And I am excited to bring you this third and final installment in our series, Protect Black Woman. Uh, the first two episodes were greatly received. There's been a lot of positive feedback, a lot of like amazing comments, amazing reactions. And um, ultimately, I'm proud. I'm happy that we were able to do this. I've done a lot of different things in my life, been a lot of different places, made a lot of different things happen. But this is this is up there of things that I'm really proud of, things that I'm happy that I did. And, you know, I'm excited to bring you part three. So I figured what better way to wrap up this series on protecting black women than to talk about both Lauren Smithfields and Brenda Lee Rawls. Um, these two women and their cases and the situations surrounding them um, hit very close to home for me because as many of you know, I am a Bridgeport native. I am Bridgeport through and through. Um, I've lived in Bridgeport my entire life. Bridgeport is what I call home and Bridgeport is a part of what has helped shape me into the person that I am today. So to see something of this magnitude, two cases of this magnitude, two cases that garner this national attention taking place right here in your hometown, it just makes it that much more realer. Um, and it hits just that much more harder because now, you know, when things happen on the news, it's always in a place that you're not in. So it feels like, oh, you know, it happens, but you you forget about it because it's not in your place. It's not where you live. Like, it's, it's not an area that's going to come to your front door. And in this case, for me, it was. It was something that happened right here. So um, it's definitely something that that's, it's, it's frustrating and it, it hits very, very close to home. So given a little backstory about Lauren and her case and everything that's gone on uh, I, up until this point. Um, for those of you who don't know Lauren Smith Fields, she was found dead in her apartment by a individual who she had gone on a date with that she met off of a dating app. Um, his name was Matthew or is uh, Matthew LaFountain. And he was the individual who found Lauren dead and ultimately notified the police and let them know, made them aware um, that she had passed, you know, so when the police come in, they don't immediately make him a suspect. They're not investigating him. They don't see him as a potential threat um, of any kind. And ultimately, the level to which they did not see him as a threat was described to the family when they said they said to the family not to worry about him because he's a very nice guy, Um, which is really really frustrating to me because how what did you do to determine that this individual was a very nice guy <laughs> what was that process what did you go through to say okay he checked all these boxes he's a nice guy he couldn't have done this he's let's not make him a suspect let's send him home and we're not even going to worry about him and you shouldn't worry about him either i know your daughter's dead and i know it may look like he did it but um hey He's a nice guy. Like what went into that process? <laughs> Somebody explain that to me. What was the way of thinking? What 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 was the criteria? <laughs> what, what's the criteria to qualify as a very nice guy to not be seen as a murder suspect? Let me know what that is. So off rip, I'm frustrated. 
um, I'm frustrated. I'm hurt. I'm sad. I'm annoyed because how can something like this be fumbled in such a way? And then to put the bow on top of it of just calling the man a very nice guy. Like it's one thing where you messed up and just didn't investigate nobody. It's another thing to go out your way to paint this man as an amazing person when you got to go through that process of seeing him as a suspect first. So you, it, it's, it's, it's so many things wrong, but um, as we continue uh, another spot where the city of Bridgeport police department fumbled where they dropped the ball is that they didn't immediately make Lauren's family aware of her passing. It was a situation where they had not heard from her. So they went on their own to just drop in and check in on her as family should um, to make sure that she was okay. And um, if anything, I want y'all to take away is check in on your loved ones because had they not checked in on her, had they not stopped by her apartment, they would have never seen the notice on her door, the note on her door uh, left by the landlord. So there was a note left on the door basically saying, if you're looking for Lauren, call this number. So the family calls the number, they reach out and ultimately it connects them with the landlord. Who's like, this is what happened. This is the situation. Uh, Lauren is no longer with us. And as a family, to have to go through that on your own, to go look for that on your own, to go have to f- seek that out and find that out for yourself on your own. I could only imagine what that pain is like because somebody, somebody was not doing their job. Somebody dropped the ball. Somebody is messing up. And that's not something that you should have to put effort in to go find out on your own that your loved one, your daughter, you know, your sister, like your niece, like is gone and is no longer with you. Um, And then for them, once you get in contact with the police department, for them to tell you not to worry about the last person that was with her because he's a nice guy. So you mean you went through all of this process you did all of what you felt you needed to do as a police department and then didn't inform nobody just said, yeah, like let's just move on with our days. Like even if I'm Matthew, right. And I'm in a situation where I find someone dead and the police show up and say you know don't worry about nothing it's okay it wouldn't feel right in my spirit to not like tell nobody else I feel like this is something you gotta like try to reach out to the family or a friend something like something just feels wrong and I can't place my finger on that I can't put it into the words I may necessarily need to put it in but so many things just feel wrong um so Getting back into the story, uh, we fast forward a little bit and they ultimately end up ruling Lauren's death as an accident. Um, There were three different drugs found in her system as well as alcohol, um, and they ruled the death as an accident, although they don't necessarily know how the drugs got into her system, where the bottles 
for these drugs? Uh, you know, how was it administered? When was it administered? They just know that it was in her system. And for you to rule it an accident, you kind of have to know how it got into her system because what differentiates it from uh, someone drugged her, she drugged herself, like whatever it may be. How, how do you differentiate that if you don't know how the drugs entered into her system, how the alcohol entered into her system? Um, so not only did they go ahead and already rule it an accident without enough information to really say it was an accident, but there was also a used condom found at the scene of this, this crime at the scene of this investigation that ultimately was never tested for DNA was never tested to see if it connected to Matthew or what was going on. And so like already, like I'm no professional, but when you have drugs, when you have alcohol, when you have used condoms and you have death and the person who was around for all of that is not seen as a suspect. Come on now. Something about that just does not feel right. So, um, and for there to be no real investigation, you don't inform the family. You just let everybody, you just, you just let it go. You just, you just move on with your day and you just let it keep going. That's, it's frustrating, man. It kills me. It really does. Um, so that's, a little bit of the backstory on Lauren. And again, this took place December 12th. December 12th is significant because on that same exact day, Brenda Lee Rawls also passed away. Another Bridgeport woman, uh, another woman of color who passed away and her family wasn't notified immediately. So um, what happened with her case is that her family also like Lauren's family found out through their own investigation. Um, and to find Brenda's body, they had to ultimately call the state medical examiner. Um, and before they got to them, they had called a funeral home to see if the body was there and it wasn't, they told them to call the medical examiner. And ultimately that is how they were able to find and retrieve Brenda's body. You know, they, Hadn't heard from her in some time. And like I said earlier, always checking on your family. So they went to the last person that she had um, had been with. And this individual, you know, let them know, like, she passed away. This is when it happened. I found her that way. Um, and it's unfortunate because in both situations, it's an individual, you know, who they either went on a date with or were it was a male acquaintance. <laughs> um, and in both situations, they just found the person dead. And in both situations, police did not immediately notify the families and they were all on the same day. So it's just like, not to say it's connected, but it's just too eerily similar. And, um, both city of Bridgeport police department situations where they just failed these families. So, um, ultimately Brenda's death was ruled as natural causes. Um, but like the family said, you know, it's not necessarily about their argument. Isn't, you know, what happened to Brenda? It's about why did they not find out immediately? And that's the part where 
the city of Bridgeport Police Department has to take accountability. Um, so getting into backstory about this police department, if you're from Bridgeport, you already know <laughs> it's one of the worst police departments ever, like in the history of policing. <laughs> like it's it's terrible. Um, there's a lot of corruption. There's a lot of scandals, just not even just police department, but politics in general here in the city of Bridgeport. There's a lot of there's more questions than there are answers. <laughs> I'll, I'll kind of leave it at that. But, um, you know, a little history on the city of Bridgeport Police Department, at least recent history, you know. So our former police chief, Chief Perez, um, pled guilty to conspiracy to commit wire fraud and making false statements to the FBI. So this is <laughs> this is the police department that's ultimately responsible for looking into these deaths and reporting them Um Chief Perez was also connected with rigging the 2018 chief of police examination in order to ensure that he was selected as police chief. Um, and of course, it's he's no longer chief of police. He served time in jail. I think he was recently released. He served like a year and a day was what he was sentenced to. I don't know if he served all of that time. But um, him and another individual were ultimately the ones who served the time. But as you know, um, it's always one person that goes down for everybody, but there's a system in place. There's other people involved. There's not just one hand in the pot. So although he may have been the one that went down, there's a number of police officers who were on that staff when all of this was happening, who are still on that staff as all of this now is happening. So when you have these kinds of people, when you have leadership such as this, when you have, uh, people in power such as this, when you have individuals who are hold high responsibility, high ranking positions in our society that are ultimately responsible for these kinds of things. And this is how they move. This is how they operate. And this is what they do. This is their practice. Come on now. <laughs> so not to say that I expected much from the city of Bridgeport Police Department, but I will say that I did expect for them to treat these women with dignity and respect, even in their death. And that's where the ball was dropped. You know, um, say what you want. These women deserve dignity. They deserved respect and they deserve to be treated a lot better than they were treated. Um, all verdicts aside, all who did it, you know, all of that aside, when someone passes, you have to treat their life with respect. You have to care. You know, even if you weren't connected to that person, you have to care. You don't just disrespect their life and their legacy like that and just not tell their family, not tell anyone, move things around, sweep things under the rug. Um, black women ultimately deserve the right to feel safe and respected. And that is even in death, not just while they're alive, but while they're in their mother's womb, while they're walking and breathing on this earth, and also ultimately while they're moving into that next space spiritually and depending on whatever it is that you believe in, uh, even in death, they need to be respected. Um, and it's unfortunate, but it highlights that people don't just fail black women. You know, it's not always a people thing like, Oh, you know, that individual or this individual, but systems also fail black women too. Um, institutions fail black women too. And we need to do so much better in creating a space 
in implementing these systems and holding these systems and, and institutions accountable for how they treat us and have that demand for better treatment and hold them accountable. Um, it's, it's sad that something like this has to happen to bring attention. It's sad that something like this has to happen to, you know, get a, get a bill passed ultimately, um, to get legislation passed. It shouldn't take death. It shouldn't take someone's untimely demise. It shouldn't take such a, a, a dark time such as this in order to bring about legislation and ultimately to call for justice. Um, both of these women, in my opinion, have not received the justice that they deserve. And we're going to continue to work for that, continue to strive for that and continue to call for that. There are a number of people on the ground working to make sure that these women receive their justice. And ultimately, I want to see it happen. I want to see them win. I want to see them succeed. And I want to see justice be served even in their death. I don't want their pain to be wasted. I don't want their family to go through this for nothing. I want justice to be served for them because at the very least, that's what they deserve. Um, and I want that precedent to be set that we're not going to take this lying down just because you tell us we have to, that we're not going to sit here and be subject to whatever it is that you give us because we can demand more. We can fight for more and we will get more. So if you like me is someone who was moved by Everything surrounding their deaths, everything surrounding their cases, everything that's going on in the news and the media. Um, there are a number of outlets where you can give, you can donate, you can send emails, you can you can um, add to the families, go fund me's. There's a ton of that. So on Instagram, I know for sure there's a page Justice for Lawrence Smith Fields with an underscore at the end of it. So you just type in Justin for Lawrence Smith Justice for Lawrence Smith Fields. Um, on Instagram, you'll find that page and in their bio, there is a link to everything going on and not just for Lauren, but for Brenda as well. Um, and I pray, I hope that you all take advantage of that, that you all help with this cause that we're fighting for help with this journey that we're on to bring these women justice, to bring the truth to the light and ultimately, you know, have justice be served. Um, I want what's best for them. I want what's best for their families. And hopefully this episode, hopefully what's shared here, hopefully the information hits somebody who it may not have hit before it reaches somebody who it may not have reached before and that they help and continue to further this cause and that we continue to do some amazing, positive, impactful things. So, um, Lauren, Brenda, we love you. We miss you. And we're wishing nothing but the best for you and your families and your legacy. And we'll continue to uphold that for you. So if you want to get involved, I will leave the links in the bio, in the comments of the episodes. And also go on Instagram, Justice for Lawrence Smith Fields. Everything you need is on that page and in their bio. So thank you for tuning in. As always, this is Daily Dimensions. Until next time.